Welcome to episode 70, what? Eight. 78. 78. I'm really bad at counting. Thank you for waiting. We apologize for our delay in 78. We hope you had a really good new year. Um, I think we had a pretty good new year. I did. I I think Christy did. We'll find out. So we'll, we'll talk to each other a little bit about our new year. Uh, we have a couple of new stories. Um, I also went to a Triumph Bonneville party. So I want to share about the cool bikes I got to sit on at that. <laughs> we have a reader email that we're going to talk about. I forgot what was in that email, but Christy will read that to us. How to get your significant other to jump on oh. board your interest in writing. Yeah, we've talked about this a little before, but we'll dive back into this. Give you some advice on that. Um, also, a couple Fresh perspective, other... you know. It's yeah. been like a year, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> a nice update on that that topic and I don't know a couple of other news stories um and a recall and a recall and then whatever else we think of along the way so why don't we do some stories first so why don't you go ahead and throw that recall out there let's see what's going sure. on sure so we are now reporting the 2013 to 2015 Suzuki SFV650 the Gladius uh -oh. uh, is having a recall issues for defective fuel tank breather hose. So if you have one of those Suzuki's, Joanne's, uh, that was the after Post, yours, right? Correct. After the SV650 came the Gladius. Yeah, they turned it into the Gladius. Yep. And so if you're sporting one of those bikes in your garage, uh, contact your Suzuki dealer to see whether or not that falls under the uh, recall VINs. And always check your VIN with your dealer when you buy a used bike because you never know even if yeah. you weren't the original owner they can look your vin up and and see what's up and you might get five or six recalls when you go for your first service uh hopefully not but it could happen and then remember recall services are always free if they fix something like a warranty thing it can never charge you and if mm -hmm. they're gonna charge you you should raise hell be like uh no this is recall work this is not optional labor Exactly. Yeah. And if there is some sort of option or labor, uh, when you take your bike in for recall that will cost money, they are, as far as I'm aware, obligated to tell you about it and get the green light before they run ahead with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And if, and if for some reason, like pretty sure that what you sign ahead of time is, says that, but, uh, it's never bad to reference if you've never worked with this particular dealer that you're going into, yeah. um, to just let them know, Hey, you know, I, I like to take care of my motorcycle. Um, I'm great with servicing. I do a lot of my own maintenance, what have you. If, uh, if you happen to see anything, you know, give me a call and let me know and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, because I think at this point, I mean, at least on the dealership level, um, or maybe my dealership just knows I'm all business and no, uh, <laughs> no idiocy, but, uh, I I've never necessarily been taken advantage of at a motorcycle dealer. Um, that, that might not be just, you know, the worldwide impression, but, um, as far as I've, as far as I'm aware, everything has been legit. Now cars, that's a whole other animal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't take your oil change to any, uh. Um, I wouldn't say mom and pop necessarily, but anything like Jiffy Lube or something like that. If you're familiar with that experience where they say, oh, well, you need this done and this done and this done. And then I sit there and go, great. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get in line. Anyway, 
I had that once. They tried to convince me to get new rotors and all new brakes. I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, and thanks for making me aware of that, but I'm going to go to my mechanic and confirm that's what I need. Can you just finish my oil change so I can get the hell out of here? Mm -hmm. I'm like, There's no. There's a reason why you're called the oil change specialist. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to give you $500 to fix something that I don't know that needs to be fixed. And it, and it was not indeed true. Went to my mechanic and he's like, no, you don't need to replace your rotors and your brakes. See, today. when you when you understand where the <laughs> level of capitalism is coming from, they probably barely make any money off of an oil change. Yeah, and so the yeah. way that they make their money mm -hmm. is by finding other interesting little things. For example, air filters, cabin air filters, which are yeah. easy to change. And there are so many YouTube websites that tell you how to do both. Um, me, I think we've talked about this before. I just green-lighted the, oh, well, it's only 19 bucks. Great, I'm going to watch you. So if you're cool with that, then we'll roll from there. And so I watched him, and it was like three seconds, uh, 20 bucks, and now I do it myself for $6. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Certain things are worthwhile actually just investing the couple of bucks to see how to do it so that yes. you never have to listen to their BS again. Yes. So, yeah. Go check Looking it out. On from the recall, yep. what did you do over uh, – Christmas and New Year's, anything, um, anything exciting? You guys are going to ride, right? Yeah, but it was uh -oh. raining. So <gasps> here it's been, because of El Nino on your coast, uh, thanks mm -hmm. a lot, your coast, we get rain, we actually get warmer weather, which is great, and that's why it's been such a dry winter. We've had like 60, a lot of 50 and 60 degree days, which is really weird here, but whenever it does climb to 60, it rains. It, it just brings whatever for whatever reason there's always a rainstorm that comes in which i think is like tail end of snow from the middle part of the u.s that's having crazy weather right now so it, when it gets warm it rains and that's just not a good combination especially since typically the next day it'll turn around into 40 degrees so like today for example it was 62 when i went for coffee this morning and it was beautiful out, but tonight it's going to drop to 30, 20 degrees. And then all week we're going to have thirties. So it's going to freeze the rain overnight and be miserable. And then we're going to have frigid temperatures during the week. So Christmas, it was raining all day. And I just, that's not a fun ride for me. It wasn't like a sprinkle. It was raining. So we stayed in, but we hung out with friends for Christmas, no traveling, no flying, it was nice. Woke up in our apartment. Someone made me pancakes for breakfast. Ooh. Yes. Well, it happens every now and uh, pretty often, but Christmas pancakes. Uh -huh. And then New Year's, we hung out with friends, new friends up in um, Western Philly and played with fireworks. Um, just did lazy things, you know, hung out, watched movies, binge watched some really fun stuff on Netflix. It's always fun. Oh. Have you watched Daredevil on Netflix? Yes. I know there's no motorcycle in it, but so, holy crap. Okay. Binge watch the crap out of that thing. Make I'm sure you first season. <laughs> also binge watch Jessica Jones. That's the I, next I, step. I, I promise that I wouldn't start, but I kind of so. did. <laughs> Good, right? Alonzo Bowden actually tipped me off to yeah. um, Jessica Jones vis-a-vis -vis mentioning how great the writing on Daredevil oh, was. It, folks, was if you don't, you don't know who Alonzo Bowden is, he's a famous comedian that Christie's friends with, you know, because mm -hmm. she's in L.A. where all the Hollywood celebrities <laughs> live. 
And Alonzo's like, I love your adventures. And I'm like, oh, oh does he listen? Really? <laughs> Hi, Alonzo. Thanks. He doesn't, he doesn't listen, oh. but he does uh, He does follow me on Instagram. Oh, bug him. Send him a link. Be like, here, listen. Yeah. That way he can listen on his phone. Just send him a link That's to the MP3. True. Well, yeah. he does his own podcast. Oh. Who's paying attention? We should we should take a listen to that. Yeah, I will. Should. I'm going to check try it to, out. Try to pick a, a motorcycle episode out of that. Maybe I'll get a recommendation from him. Hey, you know, Joanne yeah, yeah, yeah. and I are thinking about listening to your podcast. Yes. And we would love to listen and kind of talk about it on Correct. one of our shows. Yes. So do you have any motorcycle-specific ones that we would enjoy? There you go. Yeah, we'll work on that. So, um, yeah, lots of binge-watching. Yeah, you were binge-watching. Yeah, he, he mentioned it, and I was like, huh. So I watched the first episode. I'm like okay i mean it's all right it's yeah. not like grabbing me in but it's not turning me away right and then right I the second one and then the third and, and then like yeah after that um yeah i i started uh watching all the rest on my own in the evening i was supposed <laughs> to watch them with friends and uh, i just you can't. myself and i think oh god it was like before I started working on this article, I'm currently writing. So thankfully, I got the binge watching out of the way because Jessica Jones, I'm like interested, but not too. And so I can still use some willpower to prevent myself from spending the whole day inside. But I could not exercise any sort of restraint. It was like 12, 1230. Once you get into Jessica, Daredevil. <laughs> you'll have the same problem it'll be it's great Episode it gets better 11 i think it was for daredevil was like the <gasps> yeah it's good oh, oh and bonus there's a little crossover yeah oh yeah and yeah Jessica Jones. there's a I, I think little that's crossover what episode two where i heard the mm -hmm. it's great the potential for a third series yeah great 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 and then so. um so yeah a lot of binge watching a little bit of shopping you know had a christmas party nice. that was fun and then, oh, that's all. It's just been a very anticlimactic New Year. And then this Friday, I'm going home. And I'm hoping there will be no rain. Or minimum, I'm hoping there's at least mm, one day of no it's rain. It's supposed to rain next week. I don't know when. But I've heard it's going to be like another like binge rain fest. I don't know if it extends mm. into the weekend. But just for like my own work-related stuff, oh. I was warned that it was going to rain. So before I start sending <sighs> crews out to fix things, I should wait for this episode of yeah. thunderous. I'm, I'm praying so I can go oh, riding. Yeah. I want to go riding. But that's all. So yeah, I'm going away, going home, and uh, hanging out. Um, that, that was it. That was New Year's. It was, it came by and came and went so fast. So, so fast. But it was nice. Nice to be home. Nice to be here. It was 65 on Christmas. Yeah. And I'm it jealous. was like 50 on New Year's. I'm like, what? Christmas was cold. That's what I heard. Oh, yeah. So where were you? Yeah. So so I was supposed to spend Christmas out of town. Um, and not my not where I ended up going, but somewhere else. And I totally misunderstood the arrangement because mm. i was like well this guy has family but they're gonna they're inviting me for christmas okay and it ended up being mm. like the oh after christmas so like the 26th up until new year's and i'm like yeah i gotta work like i'm really work is occupying all and more of all of my time and energy mm. right now so so i wanted to get away although i also wanted to binge uh binge hours at my office just to like find a light at the end of the tunnel because I'm still after the last three months trying to figure out when I'm not going to go nuts. Anyway, so, 
so I was tampering with staying here, going away, staying here, going away. What can I do? If I'm by myself, I'd go up north. So um, every year, my friend Steve, who's also a, a freelancer, goes to Baja. So I text him, hey, you know, what's going on? Are you going out there this year? And he's like, well, I mean, no one wanted to go or so-and-so was going to go with me, but then they bailed out. Are you interested? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was literally so excited, like booked insurance probably within like an hour Aww. of our conversation that uh, I had to put staying home and working off, off the table. Like I can't, <laughs> this, he's so invested. I have to do this. Aww. So we left on 24th. So uh, Christmas Eve morning, headed down to the border uh, via, we didn't cross in TJ. I, we crossed into Cade. So good times, but I was totally off my game. Like I, I you know, I was, I was running late to meet him it wasn't super early in the morning. It was kind of like the eight or nine o'clock hour. I stayed up all night before trying to figure out the Senna. So to answer anyone's question, <laughs> no, I did not use the Senna. Sadly, I could not. And Joanne, I was bothering her too at like all oh. hours of the night. Could not get the Senna to interface properly with my phone Strange. such that, I mean, it said Bluetooth is connected. It was paired. Everything was great, mm. except the speakers did not pick up the, the the music that was playing on my phone. My phone played it out of its own speaker, even though I was paired. I have more ideas for you. Yeah, I couldn't figure out, and and so uh, I did text Jay, who who got back to me the next morning, and I and I took it with me in hopes that maybe I would get a chance to just sit down and tinker with it. Yeah. But it never happened. So I took the entire setup down to Baja with me, never put it inside the helmet because. For me, it's critical to have some tunes. I'm not going to do four hours, six yeah. hours of writing without listening to something. Yeah. So I decided to pull that bulky setup out and put my setup inside. Um, so apart from that, I just felt like, oh, something's not really right. Oh, damn, I need to buy um, chain lube. So I ended up, when we met for coffee, driving a little bit of ways to get some chain lube and course it wasn't an auto it was an auto parts store and not a motorcycle store mm. and i know i picked the wrong chain lube because it was super messy and it came out of there like a cannon <laughs> and i should have oh. brought rubber gloves to like temper the spray but anyway um pickiness aside i, I leave my my bike outside i can't uh, i don't have a garage so i have a carport and i try to cover it and keep it safe as much as possible but you know the cold occasional drips moisture all that stuff you want to make sure that you lube your chain Every 500 miles, or if it's just been sitting for a little while. Yeah. So, did all that. We took off. I was still feeling kind of funky, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. By the time we got to the border and we're changing our money, I was uh, looking at the tire. Like, why is my tire like that? They're like, and as I'm staring at the rear tire, I notice that there are punctures, like every, or little potholes, every like eight inches Damn. in a circle. Like I ran or is like I ran along a spike strip like not over one but along it vertically what? so it was really weird and I was like what what are all these things and uh, I couldn't figure it out and then I looked at it and I was like oh shit when I installed the rack back on the crossbar has like a little kind of hump on it it's not a straight crossbar uh, support it has like a little rise and then a fall well, when I reinstalled the rack, it was months and months after I'd taken it off. And yes, I will admit, I didn't take as many digital photos, which cost absolutely nothing. You should always take lots of photos before you take anything apart. <laughs> but when I put it back on, 
I believe that I inverted the crossbar so that the crossbar mm. went closer to my tire instead of further away. It looked right, according to some of the old photos, but regardless, unladened, that was fine. I rode for quite some time before with the crossbar in that position without a problem. But when you add 50 pounds or so of gear and my butt, oh. you drop the bike a lot lower. And mm. I, of course, couldn't see this. I could only see the bike with the boxes on. But then when you add the human weight, so I think like the boxes were probably the equivalent of me. <laughs> and then me, on top of that, lowered the bike even more. So every time I was going around a corner, the, the bar was making contact in a particular <sighs> part on the tire where... Um, because the uh, the treads are a little uneven on the trail attack twos. So there's like a little, it's hard to describe. You'll see it when I post a photo of the tire. So if you happen to follow my Instagram and we're looking at my tire wondering, what the fuck did she do to this thing? Now you know. Um, it, it tipped the little bit of the tire tread that kind of sticks out uniformly all the way across the tire. So I had like a, maybe a, quarter sized Nick mm. and I was looking at like oh, oh my god like can I even ride with this it's Christmas Eve like what are my chances there's no I'm not going to find anything open and so we agreed he had some tools with him we're just going to swap the bar and then monitor my tire pressure you couldn't see the metal threads or anything like that so we crossed the border go for about an hour before I'm finally like, I don't know if this is getting worse. I can't see anything. It's my rear tire. So I just pull over and I wait. And then he comes back because he was far in front of me. And I look at the tire and we've now gone from like a quarter to like half of a dollar bill chunk out of the back of my tire. I'm like, all right. So yeah, we really need to swap this thing <laughs> opposite. And, and I'm going to keep monitoring my tire pressure and hope for the best. So nothing ever happened. The tire was fine. But of course, this is like, you know, my Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm like, fine. Okay, I tried to kill myself by putting the rack on wrong. It could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> so the, the, the reason why you had like all those little um, holes was because when, when we would go around a corner, the rack would touch the tire. And then when it made impact, it bounced off. So I tried to change the suspension to, to better it, but of course, you know, that didn't help much. So needless to say, it was a, a, I mean, it could have been a worse start. So I guess I can't say it was a bad start to my vacation, but we got down to Ensenada, parked in a nice secure hotel that had a locked gated courtyard. So not a courtyard that's open and then they gated at some point. It's gated all the time. And the town was absolutely dead, empty, not a, not a soul really walking around. And there were about two taco places open when we mm. went out for dinner at like 8 o'clock. So we had a couple of tacates and maybe like six or eight fish tacos. And it was a good, uh, you know, good Christmas mm -hmm. Eve. Nice. Next morning, went walking on Christmas Day along the pier, had some fish tacos for breakfast. <laughs> and then uh, set off oh. for San Felipe. So that's on the east side, so not on the Pacific, so on the Gulf of Cortez, right? Um, and we camped on the beach, and it was uh, pretty pretty decent. Um, that night, it was uh, more fish tacos for dinner. <clears throat> um, it was like Fish Taco Binge Fest 2015. And we sat out. I had like a, a hat that I've been 
been sitting up in my room forever that was like the Russian, the typical Russian babushka, like the black fur with right. the little flaps. It's zero degrees out, got to wear exactly. it. It was yes. cold, so I thought, what the hell, man? There's no other place that I'm ever going to be able to wear this thing, so I'm just going to take it with me on this trip. So we literally sat in camp chairs, uh, watched the moon and the stars, and shot the shit for a couple of hours and smoked cigars, went to bed, woke up the next morning, nice sunrise, uh, had a nice cup of coffee, nice. and then the wind picked up to 30 miles an hour. Oh, not nice. And, uh, basically sandblasted everything and everyone, and because my tent is mostly vented, so it's not solid. It's mm. got a lot of uh, window vents, yeah. even with the rain flag covering it. Yeah. Um, 30 mile an hour winds. I had like three inches of sand inside the tent and all of my stuff by the time I finally got everything broken down and was ready to pack up. And so we said goodbye to the campground and went to a hotel. There you go. <laughs> and then went for fish tacos and beer. I can't wait to go get fish tacos at home. Wandered around a little bit. Um <sighs> Yeah, it was uh, it was good times, but that particular event made me kind of think, well, windy. Uh, I had to cross some sand in the wind uh, with the crosswind on the way back, and so that wasn't fun, even though there wasn't a lot of it. And um, I decided that if we're gonna haul ass back, I'd rather do it a day early if it's gonna stay windy. Mm -hmm. So we headed back the next day up through Mexicali and then crossed uh, through Ocotillo Wells. So I've now done the TJ crossing and then the other two crossings. So I think I've hit all three border checkpoints in California. Hmm. There might be another one. But oh, um never have. We had more uh not fish tacos. They had uh meat in Mexicali. So we had like mm. carne asada tacos for breakfast. Met up with a local motorcycle club. So as we're le you know as we're just heading out and we figure, well, we'll just pull over when we see something for breakfast. It's freezing. It's like 40. It's Ooh. been 40 or 50 the whole time down there, by the way. I didn't go far enough south in Mexico to get the sun. But uh, we see out of the side that there's five, 600 cruisers queued up at a gas station. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of bikes. And there are a couple of police officers just keeping the flow going. And then we, about maybe 15 minutes later, pulled over and had tacos. Mm -hmm. And we were looking at this cruiser that was nicely airbrushed. It was probably Harley. And the guys who own it come over and they start talking to us. And one of us, one of them is, I mean, I'm quasi fluent in Spanish, but um, one of them was very fluent in English. And so we we're talking to him and they were talking about they're doing a toy run and they do it a couple times a year. And sometimes people will like come down from California uh, across the border just to join them on this drive. And I was like, wow, that sounds like fun. I totally want to do that. And this guy was really cool. Like if you have ever met someone who clearly wanted to be an ambassador of motorcycling and especially an ambassador for Mexico. This is your guy. Big dude, you know, I can't remember if he had tattoos, but typical, you know, uh, at first glance, you might not want to walk down a dark alley with him, but completely nice guy, <laughs> completely nice guy who was volunteering for us to come back down and he'd, you know, take care of us if we wanted to join him on one of these. So I, I'm looking forward. I didn't get his contact info. He was supposed to contact Stephen, but I'm looking forward to going down there for an event like that because I think that would be awesome. Nice. So that was a nice end to my trip. Got back a little early. Got some things done at home. 
showed up at the office midday. They were surprised to see me. They're like, oh, great. She had a crappy, crappy Christmas. She's back early. This can only mean one thing. We're all going to suffer. But <laughs> everything was actually pretty, uh, pretty okay. So carry over to the New Year's. Just mellow. Just hanging out. Very nice. Well, I hope everybody had a wonderful New Year's. I can't believe I've been here two years. Apparently this day on face this day two years ago on Facebook I was having a garage sale and selling all the things all our stuff to move here. I think next week is when we would have left. So we left on the fifteenth of sixteenth of January. Oh, you're coming back on your anniversary. I know. It is really weird. Um and then yeah, so it'll be two years this month. Who knew? Maybe um, I'll see you. Who knows? Yeah, well, you maybe have to I'll, come... Maybe I'll drive up there. I know, not a weekend. Or ride. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Speaking of riding, I am planning on attending the first chunk of the Sisters Ride in July. Um, hopefully you listened to episode 73. I think it was 72 or 73, where I interviewed our well, my great friend, Elisa, uh, Moto Adventure gal. She's heading up this Centennial Ride. She's trying to get 100 women on board to ride across country. Um, so I'm going to do New York to Pennsylvania, of course, and then come back home. So I'll probably do the first five days, four days, and then ride back. I don't know that I want to ride all the way to Ohio. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have time to do Ohio, but I think I definitely have time to do Western PA and then come back home. So, well, who knows? Maybe, uh, hmm. maybe once she starts nailing down some corporate sponsors, she can come, uh, Knocking on, uh, knocking on your guys' door over there. Maybe I am. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah. it's a little ways out, but if um, you've never ridden that far before, it's a guided ride, and you can either pay the big ticket, the top registration fee, and they'll guide you all the way across the country and house you and feed you, or you can ride along on your own route on whatever portions you can afford. So I'm just going to do the first chunk of it, I think. So that's the only really long ride that I have planned for the summer. But I've got so many other things I want to do. Like I want to go back to the Dragon. I want to go back right through the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, that's what makes it difficult. Lots of places. I don't know, don't know what I've got in store. My schedule changes all the time. Yeah. I just wait for stuff to fall in my lap. So <laughs> I hope that I'm, happens. I'm too. not actively pursuing anything at the moment. Well, because... we have to plan something. We have to pursue something. Because we well, haven't, you know... it's just that's how the good things fall into my lap. I hope so. We'll have to figure but something out. Right now, I'm I'm a little. Um, uh, I think other than posting because I wanted everyone to be able to access them. By the way, before I get too far away from Baja to make things relevant, mm -hmm. if you go to our Motorific Podcast uh, Facebook page, which you don't actually have to be a member of Facebook, it's no. facebook.com/slash/motorificpodcast. Yep. I have a public file on there where you can check out some of our trip photos where I went to Baja over Christmas. So, um, yeah, I think after this particular post and everything, I'm going to lay low for a little bit because I have a lot of stuff I need to work on. And quite honestly, social media, when it becomes a bit of a distraction, I just have to block it out. So <laughs> It's good to take a break every now and then. Totally. Yeah. So totally. mm -hmm. I'll still be maybe active on Instagram, but uh, for the most part, um, I got some deadlines. I've got people I've promised stuff. 
I've got uh, a lot of things I would love to knock off my resolution list, which include <laughs> personal, professional, and um, home ownership type goals. So <laughs> domestic domestic duties that I they're gonna get away from me again. And like it's before I look back, it's gonna be the end of 2016, and I'm gonna see the same list with one thing knocked off of it. So gotta gotta run with it, baby. I'm already off to a great start with one of my New Year's resolutions, which is to have mm -hmm. cool t-shirts and someone for Christmas because she is the best co-host ever. Mm -hmm. Always sends me Who cute said? little things. Well, and I'm a terrible, terrible person. I can't I help it. Or anything, but um, that's all right. She sent me one of her awesome gear chick shirts. So thank you. I did get that. I'm I have sorry. A I have a couple left. I have a couple kind of hoarding <sighs> them. Speaking of, Okay, we weren't talking about Triumph, but let's talk about Triumph. Yes. So I went <laughs> So I went to if you follow my Instagram, I posted a photo last night and basically the dealer here formerly called Maniunk Triumph because Maniunk is the borough or the neighborhood of Philadelphia that the Triumph dealer is in. And that's about 20 minutes from my house. That's how big Philadelphia is, the county. It's the city's huge. So the new owner, there's a new owner, the new name is Triumph Philadelphia, which is cool. So they had a Bonneville party there, and I guess across the U.S. right now, the Triumph truck is going around and doing these launch parties. So you can see the new Bonneville, the Street Twin, excuse me, the Thruxton R in person. And they launched that a few months ago. We talked about it. We talked about the new models. So they brought them out so you could sit on them, touch them, take a look up close. Um, I don't know if I have any good photos of the Thruxton. I just got a cute photo of me sitting on it. And but those are um, fresh in from, I think, the Philippines? No, Thailand. Probably. Those are fresh bikes from Thailand. Um, so they're available, I think, soon, because the, the sales manager was selling them last night. He's like, I just sold three. <clears throat> so I think they're available to order. Yeah, um, order only. Yeah, but um, my... I. I was certainly impressed by the Thruxton R. It's beautiful. Oh my God. It has like the sexiest, the one that they um, had on display. It was a beautiful metallic gray paint. So just think of a silvery gray metallic paint. And down the middle on the tank was this cool solid, like a stainless steel stripe. Like not a painted stripe, but a strip of stainless steel down the middle. I can't really explain it. It was so cool. I thought that was so pretty. I'm a terrible photographer, so I didn't take a photo of that detail. Oh, that two of us. But if you Google, I'll, oh, you can, oh, I have like, here, I have one little photo of myself, a blurry photo of myself getting off of it. I'll send it to you so you can see it. And um, you can see the cool little metal, the metal, it's like, it looks like stainless steel, strip down the middle of the tank. And I just thought that was so neat. But what really threw us all off when we were looking at it is how comfortable it was because it, it has clip-ons, but it's, but it's um, misleading because the clip-ons are on risers. So it looks like it's an aggressive cafe racing stance, but it's not. It's actually very upright because the clip-ons are on risers, so you're sitting up quite a bit. And I was really surprised by that. But the Thruxton R is just so pretty it has full only suspension so it's got two big gold only shocks on the back 
-hmm. that's why you spend more money for the R, this fancy R, because now it has all the fancy race suspension on it. Mm -hmm. gives you that better ride. And I think there's special colors, you know, special paint jobs on it. But it was very pretty. Um, it was on a, like a a center and or a rear and a front stand. So it was locked in like in a wheel chalk. So, you you know, you can't tip it over. But um, I what I really liked was actually the Street Twin. So the Street Twin is a lighter, shorter version of a Bonneville mm -hmm. and less busy. It's not as, like, you look at a Bonnie and there's kind of a lot going on. Like, there's a twin pipes and it, it just looks a little bit beefier. And they kind of stripped down the street twin, still in 900. It's only like 55 horsepower. So it's not a machine that's going to rail when you're going 75. Instead, it has a lot of torque, which is what I think most people want. It's from 0 to 50, torquey. A lot of power down in the bottom, but then when you're cruising at 65, you're not going to be able to open it up and go 60 to 100 in two seconds. It's going to be a little sluggish at top speed to speed up, whereas my bike has, well, it has power on the bottom and top end, but this bike is going to be more torquey from the red, you know, at the red light or at the stop sign. So you're going to feel more power going zero to 60, which most people want. But the biggest thing is how low it has like a 27 or inch seat height 28 maybe really low and um skinny super skinny it weighs 25 30 pounds less than a bonneville really yeah it's great so cute hmm. and um when i sit on it i mean to me it feels like i'm sitting on something small but that's i wonder what they cut off because I don't know. Uh, whatever the it is abs and i doubt throttle, it uh, abs and traction control that they added adds weight I don't know. I don't know that the Street Twin has that. It does. It has the ABS and traction control. Hmm. Well, all I know is it's lighter than the Bonnie. And wow. that, that's what yeah, the my sales serious dead person was telling me. That. Yeah, it w maybe the pipes. ABS runs 8 to 10 pounds uh, but by it, itself. Uh, but see, even in just the exhaust alone, you can drop 15 pounds. Sure. Um, so it could be that. Um, I don't know. It could just be body work, but it was tiny and so skinny like really lean and it definitely is competing hard with a Ducati Scrambler. Like mm -hmm. that is where that street twin is living. Well, um, I know that I think. Triumph has been in development for a small displacement Bonneville. This is um, not small. Around That's 500 what... or fewer yeah. cc's. So which they need I to come out with. They're probably, you know, you don't just start this stuff years back and kind of hang yeah. on and wait to see how successful small displacement yeah, models are, but I would yeah. say that they might hurry up the process if they see Ducati being very successful with this 400 yeah. that they've got going. But, um, yeah, no, you're right. It's got the traction control and it's got a slip assist clutch. Interesting. But it was yeah, definitely before, And I was like, smaller. really? Traction yeah. control on a Bonneville? Hey. Are you kidding? Like, I mean, ABS, well, Street up. twin, not a Bonnie. Um, but right. it is a new a nice alternative to the bonnie because bonnie's ta bonnie's taller and when i sat on a bonnie i was actually surprised by that hmm. um it's, yeah it's as tall as my bike i think but the street twin is definitely smaller it feels little i mean for me it feels really little it certainly you know i actually had an interesting a couple interesting conversations with a couple girls there and um one girl who's who, who's dating one of my coworkers. you know she was sitting on it and she was tippy toe with her cute little casual booties and um 
you know, she was telling me how it just feels really heavy and it feels like too much. And her boyfriend is like, well, you got to sit on it because you could probably flat foot it and it's, it's fine. And she's like, no, <laughs> this doesn't feel fine. This feels really heavy and I feel really, really unsteady on it. And he, and, um, well, I, you know, and I told her, well, yeah, of course it does because you don't ride anything. She's new. She's totally mm -hmm. new. She's only been on his CBR 600 RR, which is a As totally, a and just sitting on it too, uh -huh. totally different bike. I go, that's a completely different bike, totally different, but still a taller, heavier vehicle. And this is too, you know, and, and I, I had tried to explain to her that, you know, of course, when you're new and you haven't really ridden anything, hell yeah, an 800 Everything twin, yeah, even an 800 twin or 900 feels huge because it is, and it's not supposed to feel, I think it's not supposed to feel immediately comfortable to someone who is completely green and has not ridden anything. And that beast weighs 450 pounds. Nothing For, feels green before you turn it on and gone with it a little bit. Right, but even like sitting on something like that, hell yeah, it feels like that. And you or have- I should say everything feels like that, Never mind. Sorry. I mean, a, a lot of anything big, right? Anything over 300 CC or anything what weighs over 300 pounds feels big. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you're trying to buy that as your first bike, of course you need a flat foot. Undoubtedly, you'd have to flat foot. There's no, there's no way around it because you don't know how to ride anything. Mm -hmm. I told her to explain to her, go buy a cute little CB300 or scrappy. Yeah, or a little, Something even scrappy. a classic little 500 or a Virago 250 or a TU 250. And you're going to feel a completely different experience than what you mm -hmm. just felt a minute ago. Well, and it's just different. I rode 25, 26,000 miles on a 200 XL yeah. and came back and bought a Kawasaki 500 Vulcan. So the limited edition tiny Vulcan that mm -hmm. they had for a while. Yeah. And that bike I was more than flat footing because it's a cruiser. So it's yeah. probably like 26 yeah. or 27 inch sea height. Really tiny. And the first time I got on that thing with a full tank uh, was just sitting on it at my dad's house. And as I'm leaving the driveway, I swear to you, it's like, I'm not, I, I would have not been surprised if he would have walked out and said, do you want me to add training wheels to this? Because like the look of deer in the headlights, oh my God, this feels like, oh, and then I pull up to, uh, to a little hill and, and I'm thinking like, am I going to drop the clutch? Am I going to be able to like balance this, you know, oh. and literally after maybe a spin around the block. And this was a new motorcycle for me. So keep in mind, I dropped a bunch, bought a tiny off-road. Um, had some experience on that and then came back, it still felt crazy to me. And it was a totally different genre of bike. And yeah, likewise, when too. I first drove an automobile, I remember very distinctly my first experience getting in uh, before I had even had a learner's permit, you know, like anything was here, have the wheel. And it was a Subaru. But I remember going like maybe three miles per hour. I don't know. It wasn't even at the 10 mile per hour thing. It was barely, the speedo was barely anything. I didn't have my foot on the gas. It was just cruising like on its own. And I thought to myself, oh my God, oh my God, I'm out of control. And it's probably like five miles per hour. <laughs> so everything you, you have to dive back to remember um, before you get too judgmental about anything that every experience of something new starts out like that. Yes. I mean, 
Not saying that that would be a great first bike for her by any means, but I think before she gets to, well, this feels weird. I don't want to do this. Um, she needs to realize, you know, like you explained, where she's at in her career, right. and also that everything feels a little bit overwhelming until you understand it. And so that's my two cents. Yeah, no, definitely. And the other thing too that's that varies greatly is when you're smaller. If you're like five three or five two, you're closer to the vehicle. You're just, typically your arms are shorter. So a good example is when I sit on my husband's bike, I am way closer to that tank than he is. So for me, the center of gravity is very high because I am so close to that tank. But for him, he's sitting way up. He's a lot further away. So his center of gravity is now lower. And that makes a huge difference for those of us who are shorter because for someone who's taller and longer armed and longer torsoed, their center of gravity is always going to be lower than mine because I'm, for me, I'm handling something that's a lot heavier up high. And that was one thing that she was experiencing. And I'm sure many of you who are new are experiencing as well that, well, you know, my boyfriend, my husband, my buddies think that, you know, it's fine for them. You know, they keep telling me that it's really light. But hey, your friends could be five or six inches taller than you and their arms could be a hell of a lot longer as well. And you're way closer to that weight than they are. They can't relate to you on that level. They just can't mm -hmm. because they're taller and they don't have to deal with balancing the weight the way you and I need to as smaller people. So that makes a huge difference as well. And, and once I explained that to her, she, she really got it and felt a lot better about the idea of riding something like this eventually and it just didn't enter into her mind that she should ride something smaller and w for me i feel like that's the hurdle that every person is trying to jump over do i need to ride something smaller probably most likely yeah if you really want to ride this um, without having to lower it to the ground and then bottom out absolutely ride something different um, mm -hmm. but i i think that night it was just uh you know a lot of people were looking at these new bikes and everybody's sitting on them and it was it was exciting it was really fun got a free handkerchief came away with a triumph hanky oh little, i got a beanie i'll take the beanie but i got a little handkerchief and um i don't know a koozie so those cute little giveaways so if you follow triumph on your twitter feeds or your social feeds they'll probably post it i'm on their email list so i got an email with an invitation hey come to this event RSVP here. You had to RSVP to get in because it was limited, you know, space. But even if you're not a, a Triumph owner, it, it was cool to check them out and and sit on them and and ask questions. And it was kind of loud. They had music and they had. So did you see uh, Sasha and Sarah? Sasha and Sarah. I don't know. I don't think so. They were okay. there. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Sarah is actually part of the committee of arranging those. Um, Triumph parties. I'm sure so she was there. she's traveling with the road show. Ah, I don't know her. So okay. unfortunately, I did not meet her. That's I... what happens when my girl is on the East Coast. Um, I didn't know this person as someone I should find. I would have totally scattered her out. I just uh, mainly saw a lot of coworkers, of course. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, a few friends that I invited and customers. Saw a lot of customers. <laughs> who come to the store. Uh, it's nice, nice to see customers and talk to them and um, hang out. So it was really fun. I really like, you know, I, I love, I mean, I love Triumphs. They're just, they're great bikes and I'm thrilled with mine. I love my baby. We actually rode last night to the event 
it was oh. it was raining it was only 50. I'm like it's really warm but the problem is it was foggy so it basically was lightly raining because it was so foggy and I got soaked the whole way luckily it was only 20 minutes but it was totally worth it to go out riding for 20 minutes it was it was awesome just a little slippery she says only 50 and I'm like crying about 50. <laughs> hey here 50 is a new 70. it's just great when it's 50 <laughs> out we go riding and it's and it's good and we were and we we're doing all off highway so we're only going like 30 40 miles an hour so luckily there's no freeway um at that temperature yes i would have been freezing but we um you know we took the local streets to get there so it was really fun i had a great time um oh let's talk about that email that we got because that's a good uh good segue good segue speaking of women <laughs> And but ladies. not always just women. True. Let's, true, true, true. Let's, uh, Speaking of loved I mean, ones. We'll, we'll be specific about the answer to his question, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's not necessarily always women. No. No, 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 no. It isn't. No, definitely not. I think um, uh, our feedback is definitely applicable to both sexes. So whether you're a man or you're a woman, I think you can you can easily relate and to the advice as well. Mm -hmm. So what did he say? Are you reading it or you want me to? You go ahead and read it. Okay, let me bring it up. <laughs> I thought you had it up. We need a producer. I, I was wondering. <laughs> but we basically, we got an email through the Motorific uh, website. website, our blog. You can contact mm -hmm. us there and send us any message you like. There you go. All questions. right. So, reader question here. <sighs> Gotta get your little uh, face window out of the way. It's like everywhere. Go away, That's Skype. Me. Everywhere. It's <laughs> me. Uh, hey, gals. I love the podcast. I wanted to ask you guys for some advice. How would you guys uh, try to convince a wife who is afraid to let you get a bike? My wife currently is afraid to allow me to get a motorcycle because her mother has been slightly injured before riding motorcycles and her brother has had some close calls as well every time i bring up the idea of getting a motorcycle it angers her but i get angry every time i see a guy or a gal zooming down the highway on their <laughs> motorcycle and think about what could be i promise not to bring it up again but i can't help but think about it all the time what do i do <laughs> it's kind of funny it part of me Part of me like imagines the seven year itch where instead of motorcycle, it's another woman. <laughs> well, I see it and I think about it all the time. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> um, so, so just based on my gut, you know, reaction to this, um, how would you get a woman to be interested in riding a motorcycle to get past the fear to consider it? And, and I wouldn't necessarily, um, I would look at it from that perspective. How would I get her to wrap around the idea of this isn't so bad, not necessarily get her interested in writing, but get her to allow to consider it. And so part of me thinks that, you know, if I was trying to get one of my girlfriends to ride a motorcycle, mm -hmm. not necessarily the first thing I would throw out is, hey, get on the back of mine, because I don't usually do no. passengers. Um, what I would do is, um, have them, you know, take like an intro training course. And then at that point, it's like, oh, okay, well, this isn't so bad. And then, 
you know, the more you know, the easier things become, which is a perfect segue from the Triumph uh, discussion, is that, you know, this gal was very nervous because she sat on a bike and she kind of felt a little bit off kilter on it. And with more training, more experience on other motorcycles, she's going to jump on that bike after riding a bunch of motorcycles and having more confidence and think, what was I thinking? How come I said that? That's silly. This thing doesn't feel heavy. It feels amazing. Um, So part of me wants to say involving her with like all the training courses and like Mm -hmm. watching her, uh, bringing her along so that when he gets educated, he sees, she's able to see how invested he is into this and how invested safety-wise. So I don't know if that's even on his radar, you know, mm-hmm. gearing up, at at training, um, you know, those kinds of things. But I think that at least if I was his significant other and I was kind of against something, if it was really something I wanted to do, I would try to involve my partner in to a certain extent to have them see these are the things, these are the mm-hmm. things I'm willing to commit to safety-wise. Well, what, what happened to the brother having close calls? Is he a safe rider? Yes. Does he wear lots of gear? Yes. Um, what happened to the mother? So let's start, you know, taking the current fears that she has and, and maybe being able to put an answer to them. Not necessarily blame, but just saying, yes. look, I'm not, um, I wasn't this person and I wasn't in this accident. And yes, there are risks to things, but I'm willing to do all these things and be educated and try to protect myself as best as possible. Mm. And I would really love to be able to try this. Is there anything that you want to do that you don't necessarily think I would like to do? Because this is, I mean, I don't know if I was someone who, you know, let's just say I was married and and my husband likes to go shooting with his buddies. You know, they like to go on bro (laughs) trips and hunt deer, whatever. Um, For me, the way I look at that, all right, honey, you know, be safe, have fun with the boys. Sweet. This is my weekend to do whatever the hell I want to do because I'm independent enough that I can be like, well, he doesn't like going out with the girlfriends to the spa or he doesn't like doing long road trips on a motorcycle or I can do whatever because he's off enjoying himself. I'm off enjoying myself. We come back home. We talk about our experiences. We're both happy. You know, the end. Yeah, it's nice to have your own uh, (laughs) hobbies. Interests, yeah. It's totally nice to have your own hobbies. But I totally agree with the figure out, you know, find out what happened to the mom and the brother-in-law or the other family members. Because it's not as simple as, well, these people got hurt. Therefore, you know, I don't want you to do this. What if the, you know, brother that got hurt, he wasn't wearing a helmet. Well, mm-hmm. that's something you're going to fix because you're going to buy one of the safest helmets on the planet. You're not going to chintz it and ride around in a half helmet. Completely different circumstances. You're going to completely drop that risk down to the ground. What if that person was DUI and riding while under their influence and therefore they got themselves in an accident because they were not properly, uh, they were drinking? You're, you're not going to do that. So counter, find out what happened figure out what they did wrong, explain that. Hey, he was taking a corner way too fast and he didn't know what he was doing. He or she lost control. I'm not gonna do that because I'm getting training. I'm also not gonna be riding over my head like that incident. And I'm gonna learn how to ride properly because the majority of solo accidents happen from improper cornering, that kind of thing, losing control, under uh, not, not having the ability or DUI. 
you're going to take control and minimize those risks. So I'd figure out what happened, try to figure out what you could do differently and try to explain that to her. Definitely this, to me, the safety aspect is the biggest thing. It's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. And I, every time I read stories on the internet, well, you know, it's, there's always a safety aspect that typically people can completely prevent. Like when you read stories about someone's helmets breaking, guess what? They were wearing one of the shittiest, and I'm going to use that word, shittiest helmets on the planet or a fake helmet because really good helmets, they don't break in half. They don't crack down the middle. Those are mm-hmm. not real. Those are things that aren't designed to really protect your brain. The helmets that Christy and I wear, that's what they're designed to do. And they would never, ever do that. And I could, both of us have gotten up and walked away. Hell, you got up and walked away after you tumbled. Mm-hmm. That's what they're supposed to do. So <laughs> there, yeah. So you look at the situation, try to explain that to her. You're also going to commit fully to training and you're going to commit fully to buying a vehicle in your experience level. You're not going to go out and buy a 2000cc Triumph Rocket Cruiser and try to have fun on that completely over and above your riding ability. You're also going to explain to her that you're going to take it easy. You're not out there to race or to compete. You're out there just to enjoy this activity, learn how to do it properly and ride at your own level. So you definitely want to kind of cover those bases and definitely make her a part or him a part of that process. Hey, I'm going to go bike shopping. Let's go take a look. And, you know, you can, you can ask questions from the salesperson or you can ask questions. Um, like when people come into Rosilla, that happens a lot. Like we get a, a lot of people who come in with their significant others. They know absolutely nothing about writing. They, they ask me, they will ask me all kinds of cool questions like, well, what about this jacket? Like why, why should he, should he spend the $200 more? You know, what kind of protection will he get from this over that? And definitely involve your person in that, that process. And, um, it'll probably assure him or her that you're taking all the steps as well. And you're not just going to run around in t-shirts and a flip-flop and jeans you're going to cover yourself head to toe and, and, and really take some serious efforts to minimize your risk of injury, serious injury. Beyond that, there is a, the risk of riding, but there's a risk of everything. I mean, there's driving in your car and getting hit by a drunk driver. There's crossing the street and mm-hmm. getting hit by a bus because you're texting. There's, there's so many other things as well. But I think a lot of times when people who don't know anything about riding think about their loved ones riding all they can think of are these things we see in the news oh someone died in a motorcycle accident but they don't know anything at all about the circumstances a lot of times of those accidents because they don't tell you they go oh this person lost control of their vehicle and and he and unfortunately they died but you don't really know beyond that like what that means they could have been DUI and they lost control because they were drunk. They should have been riding at all. You just don't know that. So, you know, do your homework, try to educate yourself and her as much as possible or him and try to have, a, you know, a, I guess the most rational conversation. But I think that participation is huge. And I think, I bet you a lot of the times in relationships, the anger does not come from you're riding a motorcycle, but you made this decision without me. And you didn't Mm -hmm. even consider my feelings. You didn't consider my opinion or anything. But I think in in, in this person's situation, 
that person's expressed some anxiety. So you can, you can, I think you can really calm that and, and really talk that through. Like, here's, you know, some facts and, and here's some information and, and I'm doing my homework. Demonstrate to her you're making a really solid effort to, to make this the safest experience possible. And I, and I bet that will help alleviate a lot of concern as well. So good luck with your conversation. And um, I don't know, I mean, maybe you're going to have, maybe it'll take some more time before that person will give in. And, and maybe it just starts as, hey, let's go to lunch or dinner, take them to their favorite place, and then a pit stop. <laughs> then you take them to a really good dinner. Then you, you make a pit stop, and you stop at the dealer, and you just check out some t-shirts, maybe, or <laughs> check out some cool stuff and just look around, you know, just take a walk through. You're not necessarily buying anything, but you're just easing that person in. And hopefully you have some really supportive dealers. Hopefully you're also going to visit shops that encourage you to pick vehicles in your experience level. Please don't go mm -hmm. shop somewhere where the dealer's trying to sell you on a Triumph Rocket or on something like a Hayabusa or something yeah. that's far beyond your experience level that you know you're not ready for. That's going to yeah. send him over the edge. And actually, after after making that point, let me just say, if you are interested in riding a motorcycle or you just began your motorcycling career and you're listening, or if you want to test whether or not a dealer has your best interests in Ooh. mind, and even though you're experienced, you go in there and say, you know, I'm kind of new to riding and I got my license and I really like this like BMW 1200GS. Like, I'm all about this motorcycle. Um, that, that to me, or, you know, the S1000RR, or, you know, the CBR1000RR, if you roll into a dealership and you are straight with them about your experience level being very minimal and you shoot for the highest motorcycle that's in there and they don't seem to express any sort of hesitation, I would probably take a second look at that dealership. Maybe a third, yes, yeah, second, third, yeah. Yeah. And, sec and by second look, I mean uh, question motive because I don't, I don't ever want to be in an environment, and I've been there in perhaps the home shopping department before, mm -hmm. and, well, that real estate agent got fired. Um, but I, I don't ever want someone to oversell me. I, and I'm very, I mean, I don't think I ever come off as mousy and quiet so it's shocking when someone does try to oversell me because they have to know that i know where they're going with this so i think i'm pretty clear with what i look for but that's just my personality i'm trying to prevent people from going out there and suffering the kind of fate where you put your trust in someone who you anticipate knows more than you because they're in the business. They handle plenty of people. They've seen plenty of customers go in and out. If you want to maintain your customer base and don't see them get killed on a motorcycle that's way outside their skill set level, then you would not be recommending an S1000RR to a new rider. You just wouldn't. And no. And I've heard great stories where, um, and I'm, I'm not picking on BMW by any means. It's just because the model was the first thing that came to mind. Because I think I saw that the S1000RR is the top BMW seller in North America for the year. Wow. Anyway, um, another tidbit of news there. But uh, 
you know, I'm just saying that that's, uh, granted it has a rain mode, <laughs> which is supposedly uh, Christy friendly. Um, I don't think I'm ever ready to wrap my leg around that. But um, nonetheless, if, if the dealership wants to keep a customer coming back, they will not sell a customer a bike that is far outside their skill level. So no. that's, that's my two cents there. I mean, there's certainly a point, too, where, like, even the best salesperson, you know, will provide, I think, the right advice and information. And if the person wants what they want and they want to buy that vehicle, then typically the salesperson will probably bend that way. It, it, dep it depends. I think there's always a case-by-case -case for that. But um, I've heard people turn away altogether. I'm not yeah. going to be the dealer that sells you that I have. Yes. I can't be yes. more stoked to hear a story like that. Yeah. No, I've heard that, too. Definitely. I've heard both. But um, I think either way, you will be better off if you kind of, you know, ease that per ease your person in little by bit, bit by bit, and do your due diligence, do your homework, and for yourself too. Don't shortchange yourself and just pick a bike at random because your buddy said you should buy it, okay? Or the dealer guy said you should buy this because of course the dealer person or woman is going to say you should buy this because they're selling a bike. So do your homework. I think you'll be fine. Report back. We'd love to hear if it works out in a month or whatever. Absolutely. If you end up getting something, I think that's that's great. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Such a dangerous relationship. At least it's a, a woman that you can fully cheat on, and then your other bike doesn't care because it has no mm -hmm. feelings. So I don't know about that. I cheat on mine all the time. I mean... Mm. You know, I take lots of bikes for spins and my bike doesn't care, you know, because it knows I, it's the only one in my garage. Mine there's, does. there's no room for any other one. So it's like fine because it knows every time I'm going to come back and want to ride my vehicle. I can honestly say, I swear to God, that I do not want any other motorcycle right now. There's nothing else that I want to buy. If we had a million dollars, I can't really think of anything that I really would want to buy. None. Nah, you know, it'd be nice to have a dual sport, but hmm, not like looking at all remotely at anything else. I just love my hmm. vehicle and want to ride it more. Hoping I'll have a better, better body in a couple months to ride it a lot, lot, lot more this year. Because my miles last year was just sad. I haven't ridden that few miles in like six years. Hmm. I think the last time I only logged 3,000 miles was, um, oh man when I had that Kawasaki Z750 which I hated and this year it was just a lot of a little bit well it was my accident and then other physical issues it's just not a great year for riding this year unfortunately but or last year but this year looking forward to a lot of miles should be good well that's all I have on my plate do we forget anything get our recalls yeah, All right. Suzuki. We did our updates. All righty. Gladius. Oh, that's right, Gladius. Well, we thank you for waiting. We definitely look forward to coming back for 79. Did I get that right? In a couple weeks. In the meantime, uh, please visit us at motorific.com. Find us on the Facebooks at Motorific Podcast. Like us, share us. Let us know if, you know, we're not doing a good job or if you want something different or whatever. We'll do our best. We certainly love hearing from you. Um, if you bought a Powerball ticket, by the way, I hope you don't win because I'm going to win. 
because it's now. Did anyone win last night? No, it's a billion dollars. Isn't oh. that insane? So now the odds are like astronomical. Like the planet will get hit by a meteor before anyone wins the Powerball. Like the odds are stupid, but it's just fun to play. It's fun to put in a few yeah, bucks. I, and I literally only put in a few bucks when it gets to be some sort of absurd. I think I was in at 300. Yeah, but see, that's when you're so the, I've been the sad part. Is your... 20 bucks in that direction for like the last couple of shots. Oh, I haven't in years. I haven't, I think five, six years ago I did oh, when yeah. it ballooned up, but I haven't. And I thought, why not? Let's just throw in a few bucks and I'm not going to yeah, tell somebody. Optimistically, <laughs> right. Optimistically, Unless I win. money is going back to... Uh, Let's hope. I, I don't know how Powerball splits. I know that Lotto uh, yeah. goes to school, supposedly. Yeah. I don't know what the track record is on it actually reaching the right source. But yeah. Powerball, I'm not sure how that works. Well, it's multi-state. So yeah. I'm guessing when if you live in a state that participates, you get a chunk. And then the other chunk that you don't get goes to hopefully your state. I don't know. But I'm hoping... Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm just hoping I can win like maybe the hundred dollars because you know if you match like three numbers, you win like hundred bucks or something like that, right? You match like three, you get something. You match four, you'll get something. You match mm -hmm. five, you get something. I haven't but, matched oh, any. It's fun, you know. Just... I'm like five or ten lottery tickets in the last couple of months, <laughs> and I haven't even gotten a dollar. <laughs> see, that's where you can have fun with scratchers. So you like, I'll take twenty bucks <laughs> and I'll use that twenty dollars for like two months because you'll. I'll win a five dollars, or I'll, I'll win me buy the lotto pool. a free That's ticket. All I have to say. No, My luck is but so yeah, hope you don't win, so that way I win. I don't know. Right. All right. Have a great week. Couple weeks. Um, we'll probably won't be back. I see. I'm back home on the twenty fifth. So hopefully, yeah, it might be a three week lag before. Yeah, we it might be a three. If we can squeeze one in that week, we'll try. But yeah, most likely it won't be the thirty first. We're sorry for the delays. Um, thanks for listening. We will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye.